Okay, here we are. We're, we're back at Five Napkins. I know. Yeah. I know. Kind of like it here. And, and we're, we're trying out something other than the hamburgers. Yes. Which are really good. They are the really Mexican good. The really good. But we're trying something different on the menu, which, you know, is it's good because we can talk about more things that, right. are, that are good. Boy, these look real healthy. We have like a, like a sushi thing. We have a... Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprout thing. And we have an Asian salad with salmon. salmon. Whoa. Wow, that's a lot. So you, you're gonna you're gonna have something left over for for my lunch tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, here we go. Here we go. This is Bar Crawl number twenty-four. We're here at uh, have. Where are we? We're at Five Napkins. Five Napkins is a great restaurant on the Upper West Side. I was of Manhattan. just ready to say Happy Happy Burger. Yeah, because yeah, in, in, this, in this program that we're that we're introducing, we did mention Happy Burger. We did. Yeah, we did. With the Lin- one that with Linda Rosenthal. The one that's upcoming. The one that's upcoming that we already did, <laughs> but that we're introducing now. But it's after we did it. Yeah, that's the it's way very, it works. Sometimes it's very very confusing. But there was something I wanted to talk about with you. Okay. And it had to do with several things that happened to us. Um, oh, recently? You know, over the last maybe couple weeks, maybe yes. a week or so. Right, okay. Come to my school. And um, you know you know Ira Glass, the, the NPR podcaster? Um, not personally. Well, no, no, no. I've heard of him. Like, we'd like to I've get Ira to him. coming on the Bar Crawl Radio. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll buy you at least one drink. A, a right. drink? Yeah. Right. Um, but he does a podcast called This American Life. Yes. And he, um, he, he it's a very closely edited show. And he always, with his partner, who I don't remember his name, but they always come up with this kind of really, really interesting, weird thing that happens in life, in this American life. Right, yes. And then they go on all kinds of, kind of like, and they go here, and they go there. Oh, they have producers. And they pull it all together, and it all makes a complete statement. And it's like, it's so complex, and the editing is so... Well done. Rigorous and well done. We have done. editors. And I know we can't do that, but I thought we'd give right. it a try. Oh, are we going to... We're going to try to do it a, This American Life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Ira Glass, and you're the other guy who I don't remember his name. Okay. Right? So <clears throat> I was thinking based on some, some things that happened to us over, our, over the last few weeks. Yeah. That in fact, Forrest Gump was right. Except he wasn't right about chocolates. He was right about something else. Yeah. All right. So he said, life is like a box of, and I'm going to change it at this point, life is like a box of cardboard pieces. They seldom fit, but when they do, it's quite nice. Okay. I, you, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, when, when This America Life starts, I don't know what they're talking about either. But eventually I get it. Cardboard pieces. Pieces. And when they fit... And when they fit together... It's very nice. It's very nice. Okay. But they don't always fit together. Look, I'm not Ira Glass. I, you know, it's like, that's what I, I came up with. So, okay. So I'm, we're going to talk I'll about... i with you. We're going to talk about puzzles. So you mean, you mean, oh, oh, puzzles. oh, like the movie we watched. We watched the movie. Okay. Yes, okay. So we're going to talk oh, about... okay. Pu- our life, our society, our, our well, way of thinking. There's a song. Our experience is really... A bunch of cardboard pieces that fit together. Right. And sometimes they don't fit together. There's a song with that in the in a in a refrain okay. about their eyes 
The freckles in their eyes fit like puzzle pieces. And I have to speculate God himself did make us into corresponding shapes like to find it and I'll, I'll kind of no, put it in is. there. Okay, right. yeah. Okay, so act one, act one, they always do that, act one, act two. Okay. Act one, the film Puzzle. Right. Right? Is that what it was called, Puzzle? It was, it was called Puzzle. Just it was directed by Mark Turtlebaum, Turtletaub. Uh-huh. Turtletaub. And he also directed Little Miss Sunshine and is with Kelly McDonald and Irfan Khan, who was in the... Um, 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 Slumdog Millionaire. So Act One, Puzzle. Yeah, act, I remember him from, from that. Act Two is Lost Glove. And Act Three is the Coke Glass Icebox Door. Yes. And, yes. There, and, and there's an epilogue. Okay, wow. I did this all in the shower while I was before that's, we came here. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm ACDC. I mean, I, I, I think very fast. You Lucy Doocy. All right, Lucy Doocy. Act One film puzzle so this film that we that we watched uh, directed by uh, Mark Turtletaub was really really good and it was about this woman right if you remember who was like really good at putting puzzles together and she had a miserable life let's miserable just say life. that she miserable had a, a husband. husband who didn't understand her children didn't understand her right she was a little slow they in her nice his... but you know wasn't she was brilliant as a puzzle maker yes that was her talent her gift right and and she found this guy played by uh, Irfan Khan, right, who was in Slumdog Millionaire, Slumdog as, Millionaire. I, as I mentioned yeah. before, right. who well, was quite a good, lot of things, actually. who was He's very wealthy, very good an inventor, yeah, yeah. and he had a lot of money, and he kind of brought her into the puzzle contest. Right. The idea was to put these puzzles together faster than everybody else. Right. And she was enormously talented. Eventually, she left her husband. She made love to Irfan Khan. Right. And realized that I, I love the line she said. She said, the sex was okay, but it wasn't great. That's what she said to him? Yeah. I don't remember that. No, she didn't say it to him. She, she said it to someone. Yeah. The sex was... It but, was but she was talking about him. It was him. okay, but it wasn't great. She's talking about the... Irfan Khan. The, uh, the, 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 the puzzle master. Yeah. Right. So it, they didn't quite fit. So they the didn't pieces, quite fit. The pieces the didn't pieces, quite and fit. And, you know, there is something to that, right? <laughs> yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's that, there's, that, there's that puzzle. Remember, we're still in Act 1. Yes. Film the puzzle. Yes. It's that American life. We're trying okay. to create that American life. Okay, okay, um, okay. And so eventually... Look out, Ira. We're coming after you. So, they, so they, they did the contest. They won the contest. But it didn't really fulfill her. And eventually she got on a train and she went to Montreal. She left her family. Act okay. two. American life. Like, act two. Right. I can't do Ira's glass. Act two. Okay. The lost glove. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So um, you bought me... A really nice pair of gloves. I did. I bought a few of them. I kept sending them back and because they were the wrong ones. size. Yeah, yeah. Because you kept saying it's not. I got large, and then I got extra large, and then I got I don't know, like He-Man large. Eventually, we got it just right. It was like you know, um, uh, it was. Well, like I thought uh, you still weren't crazy about them. No, no. Well, I wasn't. But eventually, I realized they were really good gloves. They were leather. They are very nice gloves. And they, they look good. And they, they were actually mittens. They cost a lot, a lot of money. How much? How much do they cost? I don't know. This is Act Two, The Lost Glove. 
<laughs> the this American cook. life. Okay. So he's been. You've been using the gloves. I have been, and they're wonderful. And they're wonderful. So we went and visited my sister, and we went on a shopping trip for Thanksgiving. Trip for Thanksgiving uh-huh. And my my brother, no, no, uh, Tuli and Kren, Tuli our and daughter Kren. and and son-in-law, were like like in the parking lot. And they parked way out the end of the parking lot. Yeah. We were doing the shopping uh-huh. in in in, um, in Rockville, and um, I went to look for them in the parking lot because Jackie, our grandson, was sleeping. This is Act Two: The Lost Glove, and and they were way. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I live with him. Okay, I'm just saying I live with this. So man. while I was looking for their car, and I didn't know where you were, and we'd already shopped in the parking lot, I somehow lost the glove. Right, 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 right. You lost the club. Two days passed. Two days, and we're just saying, let's just go. And you were saying, you know, I've got, I've you got, kept saying, this was like, no, I kept no. saying, over yeah. the whole 48 hours. Yeah, he kept saying all along, just take me back to to a leisure world. I want to um, go to leisure world and look for my lost that's glove. Where my, yeah, that's where the uh, the store is, right. this place near leisure world. And he kept saying to everybody, just take me back take to leisure world, Take me back. I can know I it? can find my glove. And they were going like, it's been two days, Alan. Right. right. No way you're going to find your stinking glove. You're not going to find it. Right. But I said, no, we've got to go back. So eventually my brother, my lovely brother, he said, no, let's go back to Leisure World. We'll go there. And, and you went shopping. And I immediately went to the Safeway. Or was it not Safeway? It was... Uh, you went to the secure... The, not security. The... the the help, desk. the help, help desk at Safeway. Yeah, yeah, and and I said, look, customer I, service. I know it's no possibility, right? That, but you know, I lost a glove. Probably this was after we looked lot. around the parking lot. This was after, after we looked. After we searched yeah, the parking looked, lot yeah. on a rainy, rainy and Larry, day. Larry's the one who took us back. Right, and he yeah. he, he was very kind. He kind of went around yeah. three times. Yep. He's very understanding. Kept looking. Sweet man. Oh, is that no? It's a leaf. You know. Oh, that no, no. It's <laughs> no, a, that's it's a not turd. It. It's not. And my I glove. was going. I think they parked over there. No, wait, it was over there. No, no, so so eventually we went to the security desk. There's no way. And I said, look, I, I lost I lost a glove probably in the parking lot. And she said, well, what did it look like? And I said, well, and I put, took out the, the left glove, and I said, it looked just like this, just but like for this. the other hand. <laughs> yeah. And she said, yeah, we got that one. And I then said, you got it? Yeah, it was someone left it in the parking lot. Yeah, and then what did you say? I, I don't remember what I said. You oh. said something really loud because I heard I said, you. Hooray. I was in the spaghetti section, and I heard you, and I was like, they, they have the glove. That's have, so great. They have the glove. Yeah. Okay, so act two. The lost glove. The lost glove. A glove, in a way, pieces. is like a puzzle piece, because. Well, you can't. Yeah, you need both of them, right? Because one, one, it's a three-dimensional puzzle piece. Yeah. In which your hand fits in it. Yes, that's right. Right. That's and right. you need both of them. Right. So that you can, you can hold your hands together. Hold your hands. Well, together. I mean, you need both gloves. It's a puzzle. To keep both hands warm. Both hands warm, And they fit on your hand. And one only fits on the right hand, and one only fits on the left hand. One glove is like a missing puzzle piece. There's so many puzzles in our life. Yeah. It's like a missing puzzle piece. Right, and you can't can't use just one glove. The only way that I would have felt better was to find the other glove or throw the left-hand glove away. And you didn't want to do that. No, because it was a good glove. It was a very nice glove. Those are very expensive gloves. All right, wait, okay. Just saying. So puzzle piece. Yeah. Act two, the lost glove. Act three... Yes. It's all going to fit together here. Okay, I this know. This is going to be amazing. Okay. It's just like this American Can I just life. say where it came from? All right, wait a minute, I have to give the title. Okay. The Coke Glass Icebox Door. Yeah. All right, now you yeah. go, you take, okay, you say so where it came from. Okay, so many years Act three. ago, I actually, just in case some of you 
don't know me personally, I drink Coca-Cola. And for a while, I was drinking Diet Coke we like got crazy. Out of that and I, but now, so now I'm back to Coke. But I, I try to keep it down because uh, it's very fattening. But anyway, I really love Coca-Cola, and I like the whole, you know, buying signs, you know, Coke Coca-Cola culture. signs. We do not have a lot of Coke paraphernalia at our. I don't. That's not the right word, but you know, um, uh, um, curios in our apartment. We don't do that, but. Talking to a friend when I was a waitress. He How was a long waiter. ago was this? This was, I would say, a good 20 years ago more. at least. Yeah. More. More, yeah. More than 30 that. years ago. Yeah, maybe 30 years ago. He said, oh, well, you know, I used to work at a Coke factory, or I used to work at a factory that made the doors for the sliding, you know, the sliding doors for the for Coca-Cola. So it was a great big glass yeah, door. Yeah, and it's not, it's, so it's not a sign really, but I just got all excited and I said, oh, can we have? Can I get one of those? So he said, "Oh yeah, I can. I can get one of those for you." So he he shipped it to me, and I paid him for just the shipping, which was way back, you know, 30 years ago it was 40 bucks. So it wasn't even then; it wasn't that bad. Right. And we got this beautiful glass door yeah. that had Coke kind of in a, a diaphanous kind of. And like it's like it, it, was, it was white. It wasn't red, so it's white on glass. So it wasn't you know in your face kind of Coca-Cola. And for so years we had it hanging on our wall. We hung it up with chains, and it was hanging from our wall, and it was just kind of a neat little thing. And then we used it as a like a coffee table. Coffee top. table. So we put it, it. So this okay. is Act Three, the puzzle part. The coke. Okay. Go okay. On. So that's it. That's where it came so from. So we've had it for yeah. 30 years. Right. It was hanging up on the wall. Yeah. And, and then, then as we a then we used it as a table. and it was really secure. And we were like we, we used it for a coffee table for many years, and then right after we watched this movie, The Puzzle. Right after that. In fact, as we were watching the movie. Really? Puzzle. Yeah. Was it during the movie? It was while we were watching the movie. Oh, wow. I was drinking uh, some beer from Trader Joe's. Yes. And I happened to kind of like put the bottle down a little bit too hard on the edge. Was it too hard? I wouldn't even, I didn't feel like Hardly it was too at all. hard. Yeah, on I the, feel like it was like a normal. On the Coke glass ice box door. Yeah. And the thing exploded. It exploded. It was just the emotion. It's like it threw off glass all over the room. It was. It was like little shards, little tiny pieces of glass. Every we were eating sushi that night. We got it. You know, I came home. I had a hard day. We got to order sushi. You know, we couldn't eat anymore. It got into everything. It was all the way under the dining table. We had I'm to still th- picking up pieces. We had to throw away the rug. We threw away the rug. <laughs> we had to throw away the rug. It was like embedded in the rug because it exploded. Get it out. And and for 15 minutes after it exploded, it was still crackling. It was. It was a tsunami. Yeah. But we found out what the reason was is because it was uh, what do you, what kind of glass is that was uh, it was some pressurized kind of sh- uh, what do they call it? Mia Artuli knows the name of it. Yeah, she told us. Yeah, she told us. Tempered, not tempered. Tempered. Well, tempered? it was like, no. like 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 auto glass. Yeah. So it was in li- these little little. It was in these little puzzle pieces. Yes. Yes. So I was thinking this is like an anti-puzzle, where whereas a puzzle you put together and it's a complete thing. This was an anti-puzzle. It was together, and, and then it, it apart. exploded apart into many pieces. And but mm-hmm. we're going to do something with it. We are okay. So I want to make a concrete um, top for my um, our new end table, our new for side my, table for, for, our, for our coffee table. Coffee table, yeah. And I've wanted to make it for a while. And then I think we both had the idea at the same time. 
And when we told our daughter about this, it's like she had the same idea immediately. And the idea is to pour use the concrete and then pour the concrete and use the glass in the, the Coca Cola sign in the concrete. And we're going to make it a coffee tabletop. So here we have this American Life puzzle story in which we had the puzzle, the puzzle exploded became many pieces and now it's reforming itself into a new puzzle yeah just like my glove was lost and then it came back and the woman in puzzle knew how to do puzzles and her life was really a puzzle and it fell apart and it fell apart and she was putting it back together yeah how about that all right all right, Ira, what do you say to that? Huh? Okay. Okay. And we didn't do with all that editing stuff and no, that whatever. fancy editing. La, 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 la. No big deal. NBR. Okay. <laughs> we're we're Bar Crawl Radio. This is show number 24. NBR alternative. <laughs> and we're moving on to Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar. And we're going to be talking with... Oh, we're going to be talking with Linda Rosenthal. Linda Rosenthal, yeah. the state assembly person uh, from New York... Um, District 67? New York 67. Upper West Side, Upper West Side Clinton, Clinton um, uh, Health's Kitchen. And uh, actually, we already talked to her, but she had a lot of interesting things to say. It's so a stick great, around. Yeah, stick around. It's a really good show. This is Barco Radio coming to you right now from Five Napkins. Okay, sweetie? Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. That'll do. Okay, so we made it over to uh, Gephards. We're here now. Uh, and it just so happens, I found out, sweetie, that when we're recording today, it's Jimi Hendrix's birthday today. Wow, is it? And they're playing Jimi Hendrix all day. Priscilla, the bartender. I like it. Yeah, she, she Scylla. said Scylla. Scylla. Scylla, here right. at Gephardt's. Yeah. Down the street I, from Trader Joe's, across from the mortuary. And I think we should add one more. I've been calling her Priscilla. Well, but Scylla's her nickname. That's so Scylla of me. <laughs> Remember we had a long talk about nicknames? I a know, long time now ago. I'm remembering, right. But you know what else is down the street? And from? in order to remember her name, Scylla, I said, okay, it's like Priscilla, but now I'm calling her Priscilla. Ah, but her name is Priscilla. Uh, no, Scylla. Well, no, Scylla's the nickname. Oh, God, I'm really confused now. You really are. And she served me um, this uh, beer, it's called Stone Ripper. Nice. Yeah, so at Get Parts, they always have different kinds of beers, and so I'm having Stone Ripper. And I'm having my usual Tito's and Tonic at Gephardt's <sighs> down the street from Papaya. Oh, we're also oh, we're going to add that to this? Yeah, that's right. what I'm trying to say. So across the street from Mortuary. Papaya. From Papaya, across the street from Trader Joe's. Okay, all right, we're And down out. the street from Trader Joe's, across the street from the Mortuary, which, you know, if you eat enough of those papaya hot dogs, you're going <laughs> to be heading up to. there. <laughs> okay, so this is Bar Crawl Radio number 24. We're sitting on the porch at Gephardt's Beer Cultural Bar on West 72nd Street across from the mortuary, as we just said, and uh, down the road from Papaya, which is across the street from Trader Joe's. Right, right, right. But it's Papaya Hot Dogs, because some of our listeners may not know that that is the best hot dog in New York City. Well, I'm just getting getting gas just Right here on 72nd Street. Yeah, it always gives me a stomachache, but I love it so much. And when you walk by, you smell the hot dogs. Smells good. And we have today with us a most special guest. Indeed we do. We were talking with Richard Fife, campaign manager for Robert Jackson, who just won a seat in the New York State Senate for the Democrats in the 31st District, when we heard a tapping on Gephardt's porch window. Peering in on us There's was... There's a sound effect. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. 
peering in on us. That was very helpful. Thanks, uh, Okay. Was a woman who looked very familiar. After the recording, Richard Fife said, do you know that was Linda Rosenthal, the uh, state assembly person, knocking on the window? And her Manhattan office is right next door. So there you are. We had to have her on Bark Roll Radio. Had to. Linda Rosenthal was elected in 2006 to the New York State Assembly for District 67, representing the Upper West Side and Clinton, or Hell's Kitchen. Um, Previously, she worked for the U.S. Congressman Jerry Nadler as Director of Special Projects. Assemblymember Rosenthal has passed more than 70 laws, including laws protecting companion animals, providing information about sexual abuse, allowing same-sex couples to adopt non-biological children, prohibiting sale of e-cigarettes to minors, and many others. And Linda is a lifelong Upper West Sider. We are so happy to have Linda Rosenthal on Bar Crawl Radio. So the first thing we always ask our guests, what are you drinking? I'm actually drinking seltzer with lime. How exciting. And very, <laughs> you know, I'm on the job. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> right. That's yeah. true. Right. And I have uh, events to go to, so I don't want to be sloppy. <laughs> don't blame you. We don't mind being sloppy ourselves. No, no politicians, <laughs> sometimes they get sloppy. Often. Yeah. Often. But not Linda. Not me. No. Okay. I, I try not to. You, you represent 130,000 people. Uh, approximately. Approximately. Give or take a few thousand, yeah. Right. And, and, and you've been doing this for over 10 years with the State Assembly. Yes, I've, I've been in the over State Assembly for more than 12 years. What does it feel like to say, you know, I've got all these people who I'm looking out for? You know, I don't, I don't often frame it that way because that is kind of overwhelming. I would I think. Mean, <laughs> the, the time when it most comes into play is when I'm in Albany taking a vote. And then I reflect on what would my many constituents want me to do on any given issue. And that's when I, I, I ponder it in that, in that kind of way. I mean, when I'm here in, in the city, I, I think of them more as pe- individuals. You know, people I know, people I'm working to help, people who come to my office. But it's, it's in Albany when I have to take a vote or speak on, on a large issue, then I then I reflect on the fact that I have I represent so many people. So how, how do you hear from those people? Exactly, how do, that how was my question. Oh, oh well, yeah. people email ferociously. Mm-hmm. People call. People actually write letters. People come to Albany. So I hear, I hear a lot. And I know that my district in particular is very active, very aware. Yeah, I hear a lot from everyone. Do people come up to you and... Yeah, yeah, I mean... Before I, I was elected, I worked for Congressman Jerry Nadler, right. and so right. when we'd walk on the street, people would always come up to him, and I said, okay, I guess that will happen to me eventually. Right. And, um, yeah, it's true. So, so you, you have to behave yourself in public because you don't know who you're going to run into and what comment might be overheard and misconstrued. You just have to, you know. I'm sure. Um, but I see people in, in the grocery store, in the drugstore, in the subway, on the street. Yeah, it's good to be out and about and see what's going on. So right. we do want to talk about your politics and okay. your, what, you're, what you're working on. Uh-huh. But uh, we would love to hear about what it was like growing up on the Upper West Side. Because you did grow up here. I did. I yeah, did. You were born here. You I grew was up here. born here. I was born in Mount Sinai on the <gasps> east side. So are our children. Our children were born on Mount and Sinai. And then quickly whisked 
west. Yeah, that's right. exactly what we did. In a cab. Yes, yes. We take them from the west side and then plant them on the on yes. the east side, plant yes. them on the west side. Yes, yes. Right. So I grew up at uh, 93rd in Amsterdam. and um, Which is right around the block from where we are. So it, 93rd it in Amsterdam. Yeah, yes. We're on 92nd, the Windermere Hotel. Right. I'm on 92nd now. And, oh, wow. And Broadway, so I didn't oh. go very far. Which building? Are you? Um, uh, maybe you don't you know want to reveal that. No, it's fine. It's public. You know where the pizza store is? Of course. Um, Perfecto? Yeah. No, or the one um, across the street. Across Little the pizza. Street. Okay, okay. Little Italy Little pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new one, the new pizza it's place. It's new, yes. Uh, we haven't had any pizza from there. No, but I've heard it's good. Okay, we'll have to do it. It's good. They also Perfecto's have. Perfecto's good too, but a little expensive. They are. But, yeah. but pizza but back isn't, to Linda. <laughs> isn't you know, cheap anymore. No, it's not. So you live above that? I live, yes, I live in that building. And wow. that's actually the building where when my grandparents on my mother's side had to flee Germany, mm. went to that building. I mean, they, they went first to Brooklyn because I need some Brooklyn cred, right? Everyone needs Alan that. Alan was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. Yep. On, uh, uh, I lived on Kings Highway and we, uh, I was a baby on Sterling. Oh, that's very <laughs> fashionable now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I think they went to some relatives in um, Beverly Road and then Cortelli Road, but then they moved to Manhattan to the building and apartment that I currently live in. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So wow. that's amazing. You have a good continuation on, in like one couple block area. Exactly. That, you, that, 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 that you've been in. When you were a kid, when you were mm-hmm. a child, uh-huh. do, do you remember what your favorite activity was on the Upper West Side? You favorite know, park you went to? Well, I went to, we called it the Downhill Park, but I think oh, it's I know what the that is. Hippo At park. 91st Street? Yes. Mm-hmm. The Downhill Park. Right. Yeah. The, the Great Sledding Park. Yeah. The did you call it the Downhill Park? No. What did we call it? Uh, I don't remember. I don't the remember. The park at 91st Street. Yeah. yeah. But no. that the Hippo that Park. The Hippo Park. I think yeah. it's been pretty much the Hippo Park it since is, we've... It is. But uh, in my head, it's still the Downhill, downhill and, park. and sometimes we went to... Greatest Sled Runs. 96, <laughs> 96th Street yeah. and uh, Riverside also. Right. There was a, a playground there. And exactly. We did, and we did too. Yeah. yeah. We did too with our kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I sometimes feel I could close my eyes and get from the subway stop to my apartment, mm-hmm. you know, without looking because I've done it yeah. so many so thousands of times. You get off of on 92nd Street. Right. Exactly. The, right. And right. then, I, you know, on the way up, you sometimes pass the ghost station on 94th. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. I'm, my grandmother was there at the time, so she probably took that subway. Wow. And there was a station. If, if you, you On the sidewalk on 91st, you can mm-hmm. see where that ghost station was. Yes. I guess there yes. were steps going down. And, yeah. And you can see it when you come into That's right. 96th Street, you can see it because the train slows down exactly. there. Exactly. I love And I you love can that. see the uh, graffiti. And you can see, see the platform. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, it's you great. can see passengers. Where did you go to school? Diaphanous passengers waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually went to uh, a yeshiva on the east side. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, uh, Ramaz. And uh, my grandfather was a rabbi. And so, you know, they... I was raised observant. And uh-huh. so Are I you still there. practicing? And well, no, I'm not practicing <laughs> so much anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, our children were bar mitzvahed, bat mitzvahed in the, in the area. Um, yeah. Uncle was a rabbi. Uncle yeah. was a rabbi. I have relatives who were rabbis. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. so I, I, I am not practicing so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you continue to reside on the Upper West Side. Clearly, we, we, we know that. After part. a fight with my landlord, when he tried oh. to evict me many years ago, when I came back from college, I went to the University of Rochester, and I came back and moved in with my grandmother. Uh-huh. And the landlord said, oh, no, 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 and uh, tried to evict us. 
and he did not succeed. I am still there, but that's what ignited my uh, interest in tenants' rights and and you know may, community and sure. political activities. So you know, we, that was I, it. I was it. That was amazing. That's amazing. Because, because when you went to, you went to the University of Rochester, yes. you weren't into politics or political science or. I heard you were kind of into journalism. I was. I was the editor of the Daily newspaper mm-hmm. for, at the time, no credit, no stipend. It was just a, a mission of love. I loved doing that. And mm-hmm. I worked on the newspaper all four years, eventually was elected the, um, the editor-in-chief. Wow. So do you have a place on the Upper West Side where you like to go and read a book? or? Well, I love Riverside Park. I mean, I have fond memories as a child playing at the Soldiers and Sailors Monument um, and all along Riverside uh, Drive. So that's, that's a place of serenity, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt statue. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a, a nice, calm, and for me, full of memories. We call it our backyard. Yes, This is indeed. where we picnic. You picnic there, yes. Oh, all the time in the summer. That's where we go, especially yeah. under, just north of the Soldier Sailors yes. Monument. Yes, right. yes, Right yeah. on that hill. Right. Do yes. You, do you have a favorite monument or art object that, that's on the Upper West Side? You, mean, you, you mentioned the... the um, Sailors uh, and Soldier the Monument. Ru- the Roosevelt. Um, yes. Roosevelt, yeah. right. I like Joan of Arc also in 92nd. Yes. You know. But, you know, all these buildings mean something to me, maybe that I can't even describe, but the ones that have been here forever... You know, they're just part of the landscape of my youth. So when I look at them, it's it's my own personal landmark. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's just it's it's there, and it's it's your neighborhood, and it's not that's, an art piece or anything. That's right. It's that's just there, right. I mean, right. there's plenty of art on the Upper West Side. The Broadway malls have different installations right, right, right. throughout the year. So, you know, I, I love that. So, Linda, the Upper West Side. Um, Influx of big doors pushing out little mom and pop. Yes. What are your concerns mm-hmm. about this area? When I first ran for this office, after Scott Stringer was elected to be borough president, he his term was not ended. So there was a year left on his term. So I filled that extra year and then was reelected. But I remember in one of the speeches that I gave during that election process, I talked about the fact that we were losing so many small businesses. Exactly. And nothing has changed for the good in these past 12 years. And I remember saying there was a luncheonette on 88th or 89th and Broadway on the west side. There was a milliner. Uh, there were oh, wow. jewelry stores. I mean, they were just wonderful little stores that when we took our walks, you know, m- my parents and I uh, and my sister, we'd always look in those stores. Sure. And they were gone. And 12 years since I said all that, they haven't been replaced. And all the good old stores that used to populate the West Side are gone. And in their place are chain stores, chain drug stores, um, mm-hmm. Banks, but banks. even even chains like the Gap and Starbucks have had to close. Exactly, you know. So exactly. it's, it's you know some blocks, you could be placed there and not know what state you were in because it all looks the same. Right. right. There's even a Seven Eleven now. Yes. Yes. That, it's that bothers West me side. more than anything is having a Seven <laughs> Eleven yes. in my neighborhood. Yeah. Well, you don't go to it. I don't. I don't. But I have to see it when I ride. Yes. B- I might have bike. bought 
a soda there. Oh, oh really? Might have, I might have. True Confessions I mean, Radio. Do you remember right Happy right? Burger? Yes, right. Oh, my God, Happy Burger. Oh, I and loved they, it. And they grilled in the window. That's right. Do you remember, like, the flames yes. would always uh, they rise They knew exactly up? how to make Becky's bacon. Oh. They made the, they made yeah. the bacon exactly how she liked it. Yes. I remember Happy Burger. Yes. yes. And, well, years ago, there was a store called Berman Twins. Uh-huh. And they sold books, uh-huh. and they also sold toys, and they also sold, um, I don't know, all sorts of stuff. I loved going to that store. Sometimes I think, oh, I'll go get a book, I'll go out yes. there, and it, of course it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Reality keeps shifting underneath us. Yes, but we had, yeah, we had the New Yorker. There was Ivy and something in Ivy mm-hmm. right next to Murder, Inc., but that's on ninety between ninety second ninety third on Broadway, on, Broadway. So on the west on the east side of the so street. So do you play the game when you're walking down the street? What used to be here? Oh, I do it. I do it. I used to um, talk to people about that, but now I just reflect by myself. I'm uh-huh. like, oh yeah, I used yeah. to get whatever. Yeah, yeah I used it gets, to get it gets there. Kind of sad. It's oh. very sad. Yeah. And and you know, it's not a state the solution. It's it's a city council uh, or a city administration solution that. I know there's a bill now, but I'm not sure it's going anywhere. It's almost too late for some neighborhoods. Mm. You know, there there still are plenty that have their local charm and character, but we've lost so much here on the West Side. People have come up with different ideas that they're talking about um, on the city level. Um, you know, whether it's penalties for leaving vacant storefronts um, or, mm. or, you know, restructuring the amount of space allowed for each store so they'd be smaller so you couldn't have these big chains occupy the space mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of tinkering and i think the rents are too high i like the idea of commercial rent control but there are so many considerations that go into it that no one's found a fixable solution i have mm. thought perhaps you know tax credits for for landlords who um, rent to small businesses mm-hmm. but you know that costs money that costs a lot of money. So this has been a problem, I think, since Ruth Messenger was in the council. And I remember yeah. years ago she was talking about commercial rent control. It's just out it, it's out of hand. Once now. it changes, though, yes. the whole kind of culture of the neighborhood changes. And so I now shop at Trader Joe's yes. up on 92nd Street. It just Which opened. has become like a little neighborhood. <laughs> it's you know. true. I shop at the one here by my office at 72nd, but since I yeah. live at 92nd, I also go to that one. Yeah, right. I, I find yeah. myself there all the time rather than going to the local greengrocer. Yes. Which but I do you remember when we used to have one on too. every block? Every single block. Yes. Right. A greengrocer. Well, we right. still do. I mean, we have one on 93rd. No, not as many. Not as many no. No. There used to be one on all four corners. Right. That's yes. right. Um, I yes. remember 92nd, 93rd, across the street. Right. Yeah. They're, they're gone. Their rents went up as well. Right. 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 And we know, we know restaurant owners, uh, Paul Pete, Nick Marmando, uh, who we've been, um, we've gone there for our show, Bar Crawl Radio. Uh, and um, one of his restaurants had to close. Yeah. You know. I mean, there's only so much you can charge for a plate of pasta. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And you know. when your rent goes up exorbitantly, it's... Yes. Right. And he was willing to pay more, but not what they were, no. they were actually charging. Yeah. So, yes, we wanted to ask you, too. We were, I was listening to your TED Talks. Oh, you were? On minstrel yes. I- equity. Yes. So that's amazing. I did not... I never realized the issues that were involved... Mm-hmm. with um, the non-equity 
of this taxation on a feminine hygiene project exactly. product. It's crazy. It, exactly. And most people didn't even think about it. You just paid the tax when you purchased uh, menstrual hygiene products. But a couple of years ago, as I said in my TED Talk, my staff and I were, were just sitting talking about different things like that, taxes. And then we looked up what is taxed and what is tax exempt. And fruit roll-ups are tax exempt, yet, you know, tampons and all that. <laughs> because uh, that's not a luxury. You never exactly. explained that on your TED Talks. Why are fruit roll-ups? I mean, it's a you know, food. It's, it's I, I actually don't A lobbyist. Don't it's not a medicine. It's not a medical necessity. Maybe for some people it is. Maybe. <laughs> Gotta have my fruit roll-up. Yeah, roll up. maybe. But, you know, I proposed the bill. I introduced the bill one year, and I was told that... Um, the tax on these products accounted for at least $8 million that was collected and went into the general fund, mm -hmm. and that we couldn't afford as a state to give that up. Wow. And I think that kind of mentality still is in play. For example, uh, Governor Jerry Brown vetoed the same bill that I passed into law exempting these products from tax because they couldn't handle the loss of that much revenue. But it's only half the population that has to bear that cost. Maybe they can raise the tax on cigars they, or you know, they could, beer? They could do that or, you know, things that... Uh, no, we're coming up with male products, beer and I cigars. I know, I am purposefully. Well, women do smoke cigars. Jock straps? You know. It's, you know, have you seen this ad on the subway? It's a, it's a company that just uh, caters to men's products. Yeah, it, it was just accepted, and that's because men ran the government, largely right. still do, although women are making a lot of inroads these days. But, you know, when men don't have the same vantage point when it comes to certain things that are just particular to women and women's biology, and, and you know, menstrual hygiene products is certainly uh, at the top of the list. So a couple of years ago we repealed it, but there are many other states where they're still trying to do that. But And, and there's there's... Deeper issues than just the taxes, it seems to me. There's the right. safety issue. Mm -hmm. There's the availability issue, the poor. Exactly. You talked about um, Incarcerated women, in women, yes. Well, actually, I passed um, a bill two years ago, but the Senate, uh, they didn't pass it, mm. um, providing free products to people who are incarcerated. And because often those products are used as tools of manipulation to make... Uh, People right. behind bars, uh, you know, behave. Behave in quotes, and That's crazy. or behave in certain ways. Uh, yes, or or just be manipulated because they need these products, medical necessity. So last crazy. year or this past June, you know, we passed it again, and it did pass in the state senate. And Governor Cuomo just called it up today, so oh, uh, he oh, has wonderful. ten days to sign it. It is propitious. On Jimi Hendrix's uh, birthday. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and we'll play Star Spangled Banner maybe when he signs it. Very nice. We could Very do that. Nice. Purple. Haze, uh, how, about a, how about a red pen to sign it with? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And actually, when I debated the bill about Blushing. tax... Well, see, that's the problem. I know, I know. You I wouldn't know. be here it's if just women a didn't thing. have periods. No, yeah. But you know, when I debated the bill to eliminate the tax... I could see some of my colleagues were very uncomfortable. I, I said the word blood on the floor of the assembly. Yeah. Crazy. And people were uncomfortable because it's not talked about. And it's still true that girls like slip a tampon. Maybe you wouldn't know this, this trick, but you slip it up your sleeve when you get up from class and go to the bathroom so not everyone will know that you have your period. But it's, 
It's so yeah. what? Yeah. So it's big no, 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 yeah. But no, it I'm is thinking, still a stigma. Because I teach college, and I know, you know, students get up and leave. And yes. You also said in that TED Talks, which I recommend for anyone. Thank you. Um, it was a year ago, like Yeah, this but month. I mean, I was yeah. listening to you. I was going like, she really said that? She's using those words? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you were very balanced and, you, and very, you know, friendly and open. And it was, it, it you know, worked. Thank you. Very kind of professional, and this is what it is. Right. You, you, you said that most of the pronouns in New York State laws are in the male, he, yes. gender. Yes. Yeah. Now, why is that? So how does that factor in? How does that I affect mean, us? Well, n- bills that we introduce now are more gender neutral or say they or say his or her. So we're updating as we you know, uh, pass new laws. But because it was a government of men, there was never any thought that you know women would be involved in in legal affairs or the life life of the community apart from their roles as you know housewife and mother, which are fine roles, but women today are involved in everything. Right, and the laws need to be gender neutral. So you know I'm trying to work on that as 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 well. Has it ever been used against women? I don't, I don't think so, but it, it's. It's just the general attitude, like men are in control and women are subject to the rules and the laws that men create. And, you know, that doesn't reflect society. And, and so and we're... More, and, and more and more, hopefully, more and more in the future, it won't reflect our representation either. Well, absolutely. You see 100 women now elected to uh, Congress, which is quite a feat. Um, seven of the new 15 state senators elected, Democrats are women. So, you know, we're starting to uh, populate in accordance with our uh, population in, in society. But what you were saying before about uh, tampons and all that, I have several other bills. Uh, one we, we got done last year, which was all students grades 6 through 12 in public schools uh, now should have access to free Oh, that's products. nice. That's nice. And I'm working on it for... Are you for getting any pushback from anyone about You know, about that? the pushback I get is cost. And my answer is, do you charge people for toilet paper? No. It's an expected uh, thing you will find in the bathroom, and Mm -hmm. so should menstrual hygiene products. I have a bill called the TAMP Act, and that would have products everywhere. Everywhere that a person would go to the bathroom in public, for Mm -hmm. example, a department store or a restaurant, you expect there to be toilet paper and right. I want to change the norm so that you can expect to see That's those great. products. That's of course great. that'll be cost but you know we have to change society in these ways mm-hmm. in order to be truly civilized. Yes, civilized. And gender equitable. Exactly. And you know what it's it is a it seems to me it's something that a male representative could not really comfortably yes I, no yes i agree i i have a colleague who insisted that he could do this bill and i said no you need to for this particular issue you need to speak from experience right, right. right. we also don't have uh labeling adequate labeling on these products that you put inside your body right uh I think if this were a product men put inside their bodies, it would be accurately labeled. Years but ago. Yeah, years ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Can we move on to an, another, another topic? And that's the child sexual assault um, mm-hmm. um, issues that yes. you have been uh, addressing. For 12 years. Tw- well, next year, 2019, is year 13 of this bill. We're calling it Lucky 13 because we think we will definitely pass it into law. 
but it's been it was carried for years by a former colleague of mine, uh, March Markey, and she lost her reelection, and so I took it up. I was very passionate about it. I helped support her and her efforts when she carried the bill, and then I lobbied to become the uh, the main sponsor of the bill. In the assembly, we've passed it now twice in the past two years with overwhelming margins that we were even surprised at. Um, because, you know, traditionally it's been the um, Catholic Church, uh, the Boy Scouts, uh, insurance companies, and some Jewish institutions as well that have lobbied most vociferously to against it. Right. Tell us, what, what is the bill? What the, is it that okay. you're pushing What would it allow for? Yeah, so it's called the Child Victims Act, and it concerns... Um, adults who were sexually abused and assaulted as children. Mm -hmm. The uh, statute of limitations has expired, so they cannot seek justice. So some are 50, some are 40, some are 60. And, you know, the, the, the nature of the crime and a person's reaction is that they bury it within themselves. Right. It's too horrific, and people can't process it and deal with it, especially, you know, they were a child. A child. You don't know. And, and often they told their parents, or they were warned not to because, you know, there would be severe repercussions. So they kept it inside, and it's not till they're, you know, in their 30s and 40s, actually mean age of, of realizing it and dealing it with it. It has repercussions. In their 40s. Right. So by then, all statutes of limitation have expired. And so this bill does a number of things. It uh, will extend the statute of limitations for crimes that occur now, both civilly how, how, how and criminally. How far will it Well, for criminal, it would be to age 28, and mm -hmm. civilly for, to age 50. But mm -hmm. these are all still, you know, that's what we passed. Um, the heart and soul, though, is that there would be a one-year look-back period. So the adults who were abused as children can go to court and name their, their abuser and have a trial. Um, and that is what the church most right. loudly has been campaigning against. Yes, and the Catholic League also. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. right. It seems the, um, the uh, Pope has recently come out and saying there should be legislation. Legislators should be supported. Is that going to help your... Well, you know, I, I, I wish it would, and I wish the Pope would, would, you know, he's been back and forth on this issue. Mm -hmm. There were priests in Chile that he lauded and, and applauded, even though they had been accused oh. of uh, abusing children when under their tutelage or care. So it's something that the church is having to deal with and come to grips with. Um, we saw recently in Pennsylvania these reports of hundreds and hundreds of incidences of priests involved in, in abusing children. And the same is true here in, in New York State. It's been an argument about money. The church saying, well, we'll be bankrupt. Back to money. Back to always, money. It always goes. Doesn't it always go back to money? It, absolutely. Most people who were, who are survivors, their problem is that some of them have mental health issues, substance abuse issues. Um, I mean, their lives were ruined by these, uh, by their abusers. They need money 
to help them try to get better. Right. Um, and so the money isn't like a let's get rich quick scheme. It's actually important to their to their continued survival and coping with what happened to them. Right. And um, the justice is what they want. So the church said, okay, we're going to set up some tribunals within our the confines of their institution. Yeah, we'll take care of it just the way they've been taking care of it for years. Exactly. So they would pay people money and say, okay, now you can't ever talk about this again. And, and the perpetrator would not be punished. Um, punished. It's and would not be held to no. account. No, yeah. it's been going on for so long. And, and in sponsoring this bill and advocating for, for its passage, I've met so many brave people who, you know, I, some of them I don't know how they, how they are handling it because it was so evil and it was so horrible what happened to them. But they're just a, a wonderful group of people who want justice, not just for themselves, but for other victims. And they also want to protect people going forward right. by extending the statute of limitations. So it's coming up again this It will next come up again session. in January. Well, because it's when state senate that's been it has, blocking it, it. It was the state senate. It was John Flanagan Well, now that's a, something that refused. we wanted to talk about. Right, yes. yeah, the IDC. Are yes. they still around? Well, there were eight IDC senators. And that's just an IDC, Independent Democratic Committee. Caucus. Caucus, Caucus. okay. Conference which were, liars. which were a set of eight Democrats, yes. eight elected Democrats, Democrats but yes. then voted with the Republicans. They, rather than, than, you know, staying with their Democratic colleagues, they empowered the Republicans to run the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they got certain perks. Did, they got certain perks. They got, you know, better offices. They got to be chairs of committees. Mm-hmm. They got bigger uh, cash to distribute Crazy. to their districts. But... They insisted, well, we're being productive right now. Um, but it was watered down. It was watered down, and it deprived the rest of their colleagues from, from having those same uh, ways to help their constituents. But most importantly, it meant that so much good legislation and necessary legislation did not get done. So it's whether updating New York State's Roe v. Wade uh, provisions, uh, the Child Victims Act, rent regulation, and I have some of the top bills that would extend greater protections to tenants, which we've been trying to do for years. That didn't go. Uh, criminal justice reform, ethics, campaign finance. There's How about funding New York City education? Oh, absolutely. Robert um, Robert's coming back. That's right. The um, campaign for fiscal equity, which the state has not paid the districts that it owes all this money yeah, to. We spoke with Richard Fife about. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's yes. right. Yeah. So yeah, there's so much good legislation that was blocked. Now that six out of the eight IDC senators were defeated and replaced by Yay. new people who have pledged to act as Democrats. Thank and, you. And of all things. Of all things, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm very hopeful that we will get a lot, a lot done. Was there a Republican majority in the Senate when this was going on? There, you know, there are 63 members of the Republican Senate and over, of the Senate, sorry, of the right. state Senate. Uh-huh. And over the years, every time there was um, a redistricting after the census every 10 years, they drew districts that favored Republican winners. Oh, they're very good at that. They, yes. And okay. that happened on it's the... It's the old gerrymandering It's thing. gerrymandering. Yeah. And that has right. happened on the House level, too, because when Republicans... That's one of their main purposes is to hold 
the majority when it comes time to reapportion. Right. Because that sets the stage for the next 10 years oh. of legislation. And so they drew districts that were ridiculous, but ensured a Republican would win. So we have to be in charge in 2020. And there has to be more independent redistricting, not, you know. And the Democrats support that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we voted on that in, in, in the, the past, assembly. the Democrats have done the same thing. Yes. Well, I don't think is quite as egregious. Ag- aggressively, yeah. Yeah. Right, but right. Um, independent redistricting, which other states have. But the Republicans at different times had different numbers. So the closest we got was, I think, we needed one. One or two extra senators. But there was a Democratic senator, Simcoe Felder, who caucused with mm-hmm. the Republicans, didn't just empower them, he actually was part of them. Yeah. And that, we needed to definitely make his vote not count. So by ousting the old IDC candidates and senators, but actually winning so many Republican seats, uh, we have a huge majority. So 39, it will be in January, 39 nice. One is Simcha Felder, and that's 40, so 23 Republicans. All right. And, and that's a change that's been happening, that's happened nationwide. It, it um, has. A movement towards the Democratic, more liberal kind it's of It's true. Attitude. And as more, you know, the districts may have been drawn to result in a, in a Republican winner for seats on every level, but now the younger generation is all fired up and they've had enough. Thank you, President Trump. But the discontent, instead of people sitting on their couches and just being discontent and grumbling, they've actually taken to the streets and said, I am going to get a representative who actually reflects my views and my needs and my community's needs. And that's what happened. Even though these districts were drawn to favor Republicans, the newer generation... Uh, is coming out the and community for changed. Democrats. Yes. What, what's the environment now in the Assembly and the Senate? Well, you know, we didn't. We are still uh, not in session, so yeah. we'll be in session in January. Uh, in the Assembly, we actually gained some Republican seats. Mm-hmm. There are 150 members in the Assembly, and I think maybe 107 are Democrats. So the Republicans really do not have a a large voice in things in the assembly. In the Senate, it's a whole, it's a brand new world. They mm-hmm. just elected the first female, the first African-American um, we heard about that today. leader. Yesterday oh, it yesterday. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yesterday they went to Albany mm-hmm. to vote. So it's a sea change. And uh, both leaders of the assembly and the Senate are black. Uh, one's a woman, one's man in the assembly, Carl Hasty. So that's a totally different look Right. And has been true for the past 40 years. A is much more natural look based on the constituents exactly. in, our, in our state. Exactly. Is it going to be a different culture there? Will it be more working across the aisle? Or do you do you work across the aisle? Oh, I absolutely. In order to pass, and I've passed more than 80 laws, you have to work across the aisle in the Senate because the Democrats were not allowed to pass that many bills. So many of my bills are with um, Republicans. Some were with IDC, but... More with Republicans, um, places where, you know, there's common ground. Some had to be forced through, and there's all different trades and stuff. Right. Um, you know, the politics. Politics. And some Democrats got a measure of bills in the Senate. But truly the year to pass all this great stuff will be in 2019, where 
the Republicans will not have much of a say. So there are no term limits. There are no term limits. What's your, what are your plans? For the state assembly. In the state assembly. In the state uh, legislature, no term limits. And I don't believe there should be term limits. We've seen with the city council with the term limits has, first of all, it takes some years to really excel at your job, to find out how to get things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one term is four years. Uh, then they run for their second term, and many are now out looking for their next job because they know they're lame ducks. Uh, I think you develop expertise over the years, and it's a shame to lose a lot of those. Um, the, the, and I think next, next election will be a turnover of at least 37 seats. So the knowledge on how to run the government resides with the staff, not huh. with the directly elected people. So I'm, right. I'm against term limits. I think elections are term limits, and we saw that with the IDC. They turned out six of eight, and that was their term limit. Um, so, I, yeah. So, yeah, I've served 12, almost 13 years How in How long did it take March. you to learn the job? Well, you know, you, you still learn. Uh, but you still worked with Jerry Nadler, so you must have had some, you know... Yes. Experience and knowledge. Yes. I worked, but I worked with him when he was a congressman. Um, you know, there are many different ways. And when you first get there, I like knocked on every door because I didn't know which door was the right one. So now you learn more. But you also learn different ways of crafting legislation, different ways of forming coalitions that will push something over. Um, over the, the threshold and become law. So there's always things to learn and new ways of doing things that will get you your ultimate result, which in Albany is more money for, um, you know, your, the projects that are important to your constituents and to the state, um, and pass laws that, that, you know, such as the ban the tamp, you know, acts the tampon tax and many others that, that I've passed uh, regarding animal welfare, protecting mm-hmm. animals from abuse. There's so many things we could, we could right. talk about. Yes, yes, and we could. maybe we should have you back. The, e- the e-cigarette uh, ban. E-cigarettes. Yeah, I, I've I mean, authored most of the e-cigarette legislation in the, in the state. Your future, is it in the assembly? Uh, who knows? Do you have a crystal ball? Do I? Um, I, I do. Don't know. I do right here. You do. I mean, I, I, I think... I have a, a great job right now, and uh, I don't know, people often come up to me and say I should run for other offices, uh, maybe citywide office, mm-hmm. uh, who knows what's out there, Girl but president. maybe, that's a possibility. Right. Lived in Manhattan my whole life. I'm telling right? you, you know the place. Right? I do know the place. You know, you know the area around 92nd, 93rd <laughs> Street really right. well. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Linda Rosenthal, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. That was wonderful, wasn't it? It was wonderful. It was yeah, it was great. great. I think uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to have uh, Linda back on the show. Linda Rosenthal back on the show. Absolutely. We are Bar Crawl Radio because the best conversations happen at your local bar. Today's show was recorded at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. You can find Bar Crawl Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends about our friendly, informative show. And give us a super stellar review. BCR is now streaming on Upper West Side Radio. Go to uwsradio.nyc at 5 p.m. every weekday. Next on Barcrow Radio, uh, a show called Resurrecting the Soldiers and Sailors Monument, 
the majestic Roman-style Civil War Memorial on, in Riverside Park on West 89th Street, the grand monument seen in many films and featured in the Memorial Day commemorations is not doing well. And we will be talking with New York City Park officials about the monument's history, its place in the neighborhood and in the city, and plans for its repair. On an upcoming show, we will talk with DJ King Assassin about his work in hip-hop and his relationship with Tupac Shakur, and about his anti-bullying campaign. Right, Tupac Shakur. Did I say it right? Well, remember our daughter was trying Tupac. to... Tupac, but I don't remember what she said. I said Topac. No, no, no Dad, no. it's Tupac. Tupac. Okay. Tupac Shakur. Good show. It's, I think that's good. Okay. I think it's it. I it's think a that's wrap, a show. Baby.